0: Hey, it's that time again, and that time is the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette. Welcome once again to the show. Thank you once again for tuning in, and thank you to Ukulele Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. Here we are. We are still here. How are you? Are you okay? Are you breathing? Are you living? Are you happy? If, like me, you're in Nova Scotia, that means that we are continuing in week two of our lockdown. As our numbers have spiked due to COVID-19. Um, things, not too many things have changed in my life, really. I mean, things, last year was a lot slower for me, and this year seems like it might be a slow one as well, until things start hopefully getting back to normal at some point. However, you know, it is nice to have the time. I did start this little project during the first lockdown, and it continues to this day, in into a year. and now into episode 54. Today's episode being about Rick Flagg known uh, for his work in the suicide squad and played by joel kinnaman in the upcoming the suicide squad film done by james gunn super excited for that movie uh it looks like a ton of fun i love his guardians movies the tone is great and he's bringing that to the suicide squad which works super well for me taking a bunch of kind of cheesy ridiculous villains and Throwing them into, you know, fighting Starro based on the trailer, which is amazing. I mean, to see Starro in a live-action movie, perfect. I'm excited. I mean, he took some pretty obscure character from Marvel Comics and made them basically global superstars. Those movies did very, very well. So I'm excited to see him do that with, with DC and uh, get the ball rolling there because that's going to be a ton of fun. Very pumped. And in honor of that, I'm going to do today's episode on Rick Flagg. As far as things going on, in the real world, I have recently discovered Joe Bob Briggs, who, as a horror movie fan, you if you're a horror movie fan, you may know this guy. Um, if you're not, well, he's a dude that hosts sort of a... kind of like the dinner and a show they used to do. On, I think it was ASN back when I was a kid, where they would have a movie and they'd have like a host and the host would introduce the movie, have guests, and they would break up the movie with little segments where the host would talk to the guest or they'd tell you facts about the movies. Fun stuff. So anyway, this guy, uh, Joe Bob Briggs has a show called The Last Drive-In, which uh, plays on Shudder live every Friday night. Unfortunately, I didn't figure out that I only have Shudder through Amazon Prime. Uh, so as a channel, you can't get the live stream. You can only watch sort of older episodes. So um, I may have to do the rigmarole to get the actual uh, thing on, on Roku or something on my TV so I can watch it that way. So I can watch it live when it happens. Because I have some friends that watch it every Friday. I'd love to like to watch it with them. However, I cannot due to the lockdown. So... Maybe one day I'll be able to do that, and get things uh, get things rolling. So Falcon the Winter Soldier ended, as I discussed last time. Big rollout reveal today. I'm recording this on Monday, of the Eternals. Uh, some footage from the Eternals movie, also from uh, Black Widow, uh, also from some of the other things coming down the pipeline. Uh, the announcement of the titles for Black Panther 2, which is going to be called Wakanda Forever. And uh, the Captain Marvel 2, which is called The Marvels, which, uh, based on the artwork, looks like it's going to team up uh, Monica Rambeau's character, Captain Marvel, and uh, Ms. Marvel from the newer show coming out on Disney+, Plus, starring the younger kind of, um, I want to say Muslim girl, I'm not sure what country she's from, Kubla Khan. Is it Kubla Khan? I think is her name. Anyway, uh, I should know that, being that I host a show about comic characters, and I, I may do one about her in the future, since the, that show is coming up. But uh, yeah, it looks, looks really interesting. I'm excited to see what Marvel's doing with it. And, and as you know, uh, I'm super happy with Marvel's output so far. I've loved the TV shows, loved the movies. Um excited to see lots more of that. So let's bring that on. In the comic world, a few announcements. Um, the uh comic called Monster, which I've been looking forward to for quite some time. It was originally supposed to be a Hulk story. Uh, by Barry Win—is uh, it Barry Windsor Smith? Is that right? Am I getting him confused with the rest- wrestler? I-, I might be. I'm gonna look it up real fast and then uh, just talk. Um, oh, that's right, Barry Windsor Smith. I think I got it mixed up with uh Wyndham, Barry Windham Earl. Uh, yeah. So Barry Windsor Smith, who is a prolific uh comic creator who who did a lot of comic back in the day, who who this is sort of his, what he's describing as his magnum opus. It was supposed to be a, a Hulk story. That he ended up uh, turning into an original character and uh, going going to town with, and man, it looks it looks amazing. It's it's a it's a tome. It's big, uh, but it just got released. I haven't been able to get into Halifax, obviously, to pick up my comics, but I'm hoping I may get them shipped out here if this lockdown continues because I really, really, really want to read that. I'm super pumped for it. So if you're a fan of epic, sprawling, uh, dark monster stories by amazing artists and writer, that's your jam. Monster, check it out. Uh, I don't get sponsored by them. Wish I did, because it'd be cool to get a free copy of that. Maybe someday I'll get some sponsors. But in the meantime, I'm happy just to bring you some fun content, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. So here, without further ado, we have today's episode, which is episode number 54, Rick Flag. multiple conflicting stories of rick flag's origins in the original story he was a pilot during world war ii his entire squadron sacrificed themselves so he could destroy an enemy aircraft carrier and he dedicated his life to making sacrifices for others it was later revealed that this actually happened to his father richard montgomery flag who became the leader of the 1940s suicide squadron richard rogers flag was born shortly after the war when his father married sharon race Sharon died when her son was a child, struck as she pushed him out of the way of a moving vehicle. Richard Montgomery Flagg later sacrificed himself to stop the war wheel from destroying a city, leaving young Rick orphaned. Rick was adopted by his father's friend, Jeb Stewart, and entered the military when he was old enough to enlist. He attended flight school and became a top-rated test pilot, where he developed a friendly rivalry with Ace Morgan. When he applied to become an astronaut, he was introduced to space medicine expert Karen Grace. They bonded over the tragedies they had both experienced and soon fell in love. When Jeb Stewart revived the Suicide Squad under Task Force X, he invited Rick and Karen to be part of the program. This new team included Rick and Karen, astrophysicist Hugh Evans, and nuclear physicist Jess Bright. Unlike their predecessors, it was a public team, and Rick flew them around the country in a flying lab. Their first recorded mission was fighting the Red Wave Beast, and Flagg piloted an experimental rocket to launch the creature into the sun. Hugh and Jess were both also in love with Karen, and Rick insisted that Karen keep their relationship secret, so it would not upset the others. The team was shrunk temporarily by cosmic rays, and Flagg used his reduced size to blow up an enemy military base containing nuclear weapons. When they battled the Subway Serpent in Paris, Flagg figured out that they could suffocate it using a giant plastic bag, and a moved shockingly prescient to our modern-day pollution and plastic problem. After Rick disarmed a nuclear weapon, when the creature of Ghost Lake carried it into a populated city, the team decided to take a much-needed break. General Brent put the team back together after a brief hiatus and they traveled to a parallel Earth where they fought super-intelligent dinosaurs. A cyclops named Polyphemus kidnapped Karen, with Rick tricking it into getting hit by a boulder, saving his lover. Flag later killed the master of the dinosaurs by turning his plane into an impromptu bomb and parachuting to safety. The Mirage Master tried to trick the Suicide Squad into killing each other, but Rick was saved by Karen's love. Afterward, Flag had to navigate the team to safety when they were trapped inside an alien dinosaur zoo. To finalize their troubles, the Sculptor Sorcerer was hired by gangsters to kill the Suicide Squad, but an island girl fell in love with Rick and released him from the trap, allowing the team's victory once more. Their final mission was investigating a temple in Cambodia, where they were attacked by a Yeti. Rick was gravely injured, and Karen accidentally told the others that she had feelings for him. Hugh and Jess decided to quit the team, but remained still trapped in a move of extreme awkwardness. Rick was the only one with survival skills, so Hugh and Jess covered his escape with Karen. The Yeti attacked again, causing Hugh and Jess to fall to their apparent deaths, deep in the friend zone. This version of history has changed following the Infinite Crisis. In this new timeline, Rick Flagg is not seen as a member of the original Suicide Squad. They are shown to be active much earlier, in 1952, at a time when Flagg could not have been born. The team includes Hugh Evans, Jess Bright, Karen Grace, with Sergeant Frank Rock acting as their leader. Booster Gold learns this while traveling through time with Rip Hunter. Later, Rick was sent to infiltrate the Forgotten Heroes as a spy for the government. After the death of the Forgotten Heroes leader, the Immortal Man, the team disbanded and Flag worked covertly for the US government. King Faraday of the CBI used Flag and Nightshade to help him capture and deprogram the assassin, Bronze Tiger. Flag took the martial arts master on by himself long enough for Faraday to get in a position with tranquilizers, subduing the expert fighter. Rick Flag learned that Amanda Waller was reviving Task Force X and he asked to be assigned with her. Flag disliked Waller's agenda, but promised he would follow orders no matter what his personal opinions were. He began recruitment, starting with Bronze Tiger, and pulling Floyd Lawton, a.k.a. Deadshot, from prison. Flag led this team, also including Blockbuster, Captain Boomerang, and Enchantress, to destroy the monster Brimstone. The mission was successful with the killing of Brimstone at Mount Rushmore, although Blockbuster died under Flag's command. Boomerang realized that it was supposed to be a suicide mission, and Flag explains that they were all expendable, even himself. Waller tried to keep these prisoners for longer, but Flag honored his promise and released them. Later, Boomerang was captured by G. Gordon Godfrey and threatened to expose Task Force X on live television. Waller sent Flag to rescue or assassinate Boomerang, and he angrily protested the murder, but promised he would do whatever he had to. Rick stopped Deadshot from killing Boomerang and had Enchantress solve the problem non-lethally. Then he punched Boomerang in his face, displaying his displeasure for the situation that Harkness had put him in. Suicide Squad sets up in Louisiana's Belle Reve prison, with Rick Flagg as field leader and Bronze Tiger as second-in-command. Simon LeGrieve declares Rick emotionally unstable in his psychological profile, saying that Rick needs grief counseling. But Waller only cares that Rick is operational, forgoing the assessment. Rick also has a reunion with Karen Grace, who was reinvented as an ex-flame in this newer continuity, hired by Waller as their new medic who resents him for not visiting her in the hospital. Rick leads the Suicide Squad against the terrorist group Jihad in Kurok. He fights their leader, Rustam, but gets distracted, allowing Rustam to escape. Waller has Karen mind the traitor, Plastique, which infuriates Rick, and he forces them to stop the practice. The female Furies of Apocalypse attack Belreef and Flag battles Mad Harriet with nothing but a machine gun to victory. President Reagan later sends a team led by Rick to arrest the rogue hero, Firestorm. Rick argues with their corrupt NSC liaison, Derek Tolliver, who realizes and releases the uncontrollable Parasite, forcing the team into action. The Suicide Squad are forced to fight Justice League International, and Flag teams up with Batman to keep his cover identity a secret. After the scuffle, Waller sends Rick to rescue Zoya Trigorin in the Soviet Union, Rick is forced to take his team behind enemy lines. The exhausted Flag threatens his operatives with brutality if they do not comply. Deadshot is forced to shoot Enchantress non-lethally, and Rick puts a gun to Deadshot's head so Lawton will not miss intentionally. The Russian army is alerted and Rick pushes Nightshade to her limits, trying to escape. Nightshade confines in Nemesis that she has feelings for Rick. Flag illegally detains American tourists so that the Suicide Squad can steal their passports and escape. Deadshot says that he and Rick are similar, which bothers Rick to his core, believing his motivations to be of a nobler purpose. They battle the people's heroes and Rick teams up with Deadshot to punch out Molotov. He is forced to leave Nemesis behind. Karen Grace accuses Rick of abandoning Nemesis the way that he had abandoned her only to be yelled at by her former flame, with her new beau Mark Shaw beating Rick up in retaliation. Waller believes Rick is exhausted and relieves him of his command duty. Warden Economos sends the team to blow up a Manhunter temple during the Millennium event, with Bronze Tiger replacing Rick as leader. Karen Grace betrays Rick and reveals that she is a Manhunter agent in disguise, explaining that she fell in love with Mark Shaw during her hospital stay, and Shaw introduced her to the Society of Manhunters. The Manhunters ask her to execute Rick, and she is unable to pull the trigger when she remembers all the good times they had together. It is revealed that the Mark Shaw she fell in love with was an android, and Karen swears revenge on the Manhunters. While Rick is unconscious, Karen decides to drive a bomb into the heart of the temple, with her last request being for the real Mark Shaw to let Rick know that she remembered his love, asked his forgiveness, and told him to carry on for her. Rick is carried out in protest, screaming for Karen as she dies in the explosion. The Suicide Squad does not receive public credit for this victory. Mark Shaw tries to comfort Rick, and Rick throws him out. Batman infiltrates Belle Reve, and Rick is forced to fight the hero he reveres. Flagg is able to hold his own against Batman long enough for Waller to show up and make the Dark Knight leave. Deadshot is impressed that they made Batman back down, and Flagg yells at the squad by telling them that Batman is worth ten of any scum like them. Waller is impressed by this, and she reinstates Flagg's command. President Reagan sends Rick to rescue Hawk in Nicaragua with a new team, including Mr. 104, Psy, Thinker, and the Weasel. They're forced to battle the Doom Patrol and the Rocket Red Brigade. Rick briefly wears the Thinker's thinking cap, but takes it off when it turns him into a crazed killer. They are successful in rescuing Hawk, but the entire team is killed except for Rick. He returns to Bel Reeve and refuses to talk to anyone once again, internalizing his pain. Rick disobeys Waller and takes a squad on an unauthorized mission to rescue Nemesis in Moscow. Bronze Tiger and Nightshade are the only ones aware that this is not sanctioned. Waller is so angry that she has President Reagan send Justice League International to stop them. Flag attempts to reason with Batman, and Batman tells Rick that he is a disgrace. Rick puts his hand on Batman's shoulder, and Batman slaps him in the face. They viciously fight to a standstill until both men have been physically restrained. Batman walks away, and Rick has to be hospitalized. Both teams work together, and Nemesis is released. Waller later confines in Bronze Tiger that she never wanted Flag as leader, and he was her choice but believes the government refused because he is black. Shade the Changing Man takes them on a mission to stop Dr. ZZ and Rick shoots ZZ dead. The Jihad returns to attack Manhattan and they demand the Suicide Squad be handed over. Waller orders the squad to stand down but Rick and Bronze Tiger refuse to listen. Waller tells Rick to do the job right this time. Captain Cold says this mission was not part of his deal and Rick threatens to blow Cold's arm off if he does not obey. Rick has a second fight with Rustam, but Rustam destroys a bridge and escapes, allowing Flagg to capture Ifrit. And Captain Boomerang thanks Rick for saving him, but Rick replies that he has no regard whatsoever for Boomerang's life. Flagg's mental instability comes to a head when U.S. Senator Cray threatened to reveal the existence of the Suicide Squad to the public. Unbeknownst to him, Amanda Waller had already dealt with the threat, and Flagg set out to assassinate Cray in order to ensure the existence of the Suicide Squad, even though he loathed some of its members. The squad set out to stop him, with the clearance to do so by any means necessary. The villain Deadshot found Flagg and Cray, but instead of killing Flagg, however, Deadshot murdered the senator. Flagg was forced to flee, and unwittingly, the existence of the Suicide Squad was still revealed. Flagg later set out to destroy the Jihad team once and for all after learning that his father had previously attacked their stronghold, Jotunheim, during World War II in order to neutralize a Nazi prototype nuclear weapon. He left a note to Nightshade detailing his plans. The bomb was still there, buried under rubble, and the Jihad was unaware of his presence. Flagg sneaked in and slew his way through to the bomb itself. He battled the jihad's leader, Rustam, personally just before the bomb exploded, seemingly ending his life along with that of his enemies. It was later revealed that in the final seconds before the nuke went off, Rustam teleported himself and Flag to Skataris. Flagg was able to return to the earth by killing Rustam and stealing his weapon, before being detained in a Koraki prison for three years before being rescued by Bronze Tiger after Amanda Waller learned of his return. Rick was positioned to lead a clandestine Suicide Squad unit at the behest of Amanda Waller and against the express mandate of the Checkmate organization, who is now in charge. During an internal power struggle within the Suicide Squad, former General Wade Eiling revealed that he had brainwashed Rick Flagg all those years ago and that he was secretly a soldier named Anthony Miller. Overcoming the conditioning due due to extreme stress, Flagg was able to incapacitate Eiling and hand control of the squad over to Amanda Waller. When offered the choice of leaving, he declined on the grounds that the squad needs a Rick Flagg. Whether the future of the Suicide Squad includes Rick Flagg and whether his prophetic phrase was correct, only time will tell, but one thing is for certain. As long as there is a Suicide Squad, there will be a Rick Flagg. There it is, the graphic history of Rick Flagg. Now you are ready, once again, to see him in action in the Suicide Squad. I would like to do some of the other members of the Suicide Squad. I will have to do a little bit of digging, as some of their histories are quite short, because some of them, the characters that he uses, are not uh, super-established characters that have had long, storied histories in the DC Universe. Many have just one off appearances, or, you know, scattered mini series here and there. So, in order to do that, I may have to combine a few. We may have to just focus on some of the ones that have... Uh, a bit more of a history behind them, and maybe some of the ones from the previous movie as well, because I wasn't a big fan of that movie, but some of those characters, like Deadshot, are very interesting, and I'd be excited to do more stuff about them, and let the world know about the graphic history, you know, the the long stories and saga of their life before they made it onto a screen, so I uh, hope you're enjoying doing these as much as I am doing them. I know I say that a lot, but I really do hope that. And uh, I get some great feedback online, and some of it I actually listen to, because next week we'll be doing Madam Hydra. Now, this was a request from Andrew Clark, a former guest on the show and a longtime listener, uh, but also incredibly prevalent because she has uh, appeared in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, spoiler alert, I hope you've watched it by now. If you haven't, well, there's a character that is named after the character in the comics that is known as Madam Hydra. So I won't reveal anything else beyond that, but just that she appears there and we will learn her graphic history next week. So thank you very much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure as always. I hope you're enjoying season two and I will catch you next week.